You're listening to episode 205, Become Trigger Proof with Dr. Nima Ramani. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. Wow. And that's in that huge. space, look it up right now, Tudor. Uh, space between stimulus and response, Viktor Frankl. There's a space between stimulus and response. And in that space lies our power to choose. And in that choice lies our freedom. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having an amazing Friday where you happen to be. Welcome to another episode of The Dance of Life. John F. Demartini, taken it away from us from the heart of love, he said, The purpose of relationships is to help awaken you to the inherent balance existing within and around you and to assist you in acknowledging your own magnificence and wholeness. Wow, what a great quote for today's episode. You know, it really speaks to the power of healing. And what does that truly mean to make whole and how your life is always working in your favor, even though stuff may seem like it's unraveling, like it's going crazy, like catastrophes happening. Life is always leeching out the part of us that needs to be transformed. And you know, I always say we're all on a path of transformation, you know, especially with our relationships. They are the mirrors of our soul, the mirrors of the things that we need to work on, whether it's relationships, romantic relationships with your friends, with your parents, siblings, coworkers, all these relationships mirror to us, you know, the things that we are continually transforming. Today, I have an exciting and inspiring guest to share with you. His name is Dr. Nima Ramani. He's both a chiropractor and educator, specializing in helping individuals and professionals get to the root cause of their physical and emotional challenges, from being stressed, depressed, and anxious, to living powerfully and aligned on their purpose. After building a successful chiropractic practice in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, Dr. Nima sold his clinic in June 2016 to pursue his passion of teaching and coaching professionals who are stressed, depressed, and anxious to transform and have their best year ever in both a private and corporate setting. Dr. Nima has integrated all the mind-body tools in his quest for healing stress-related disorders into one simple-to-follow method called the Overview Method, which is the adjustment above the atlas that he teaches one-on-one and in groups all over the world and is engaging and edutaining lectures filled with inspired authenticity and edutainment. If you want to follow Dr. Nima, you can go to drnima.com, that's spelled D-R-N-I-M-A.com. You can also find him on all the social medias, Dr. Nima. And if you're listening to this episode, something super special that Dr. Nima is offering for listeners of this episode is a virtual workshop of how to become trigger proof. 
And this uh, this workshop, normally people have to pay $97 for this. Uh, but you can go to, uh, I'll, and I'll post the link for this on the blog post. This is episode 205. And you go to danceoflife.com slash podcast. Just look up episode 205 in the blog list there. And it's going to have all the links for these things. But the link is drnema.com slash VW1. And when you go there, the promo code is triggerproof. All one word, lowercase, no spaces, just triggerproof with two G's. That's going to give you free access to this. Normally, it would cost like 100 bucks for this workshop, How to Become Triggerproof, and an access that emotional mastery. Such a, such a cool gift, so make sure you check that out. Today, we're talking about how to become triggerproof. You know, what does that mean? Being able to regulate your emotions is one of the keys to freedom. And to embark on this practice, this is a practice of a lifetime. But there are ways that we can do it effectively and efficiently. And today, my guest, Dr. Nima, he's created a fast track of getting through, you know, all this trauma that we accumulate as children through all the things that happen when we're young and we don't understand why or we get upset. These things repeat throughout our lives. The relationships we have with our parents, they repeat throughout the relationships that we have with others romantically. Uh, You know, what's the importance of the toxic patterns that we have in the relationships that we have on our health. How does that affect our health and our nervous system? All these things are so important in creating the life that you want to live and creating the, the relationships that you want to have and creating a sense of love and connection and intimacy and authenticity. And all of that we're going to be jumping into. Super exciting conversation. I mean, there's so many gold nuggets in this conversation. I'm super pumped to share it with you, to empower you, to give you some actionable tools. If you like this kind of stuff, subscribe. We're going to do it every week. A lot of great people coming to the show lately, some really powering and impactful people doing great work. I'm so excited to share this kind of stuff with you. If anybody in your life needs to hear this message, such an important message today about regulating emotions, about how to balance our nervous system, how to balance the impact of stress. If anybody needs to hear this message today, share it with them. You never know the difference it's going to make, especially if they go and do that that virtual workshop for free. I mean, that's going to change somebody's life. You never know what the impact of one choice can make. So I appreciate you. Sharing is caring. Thank you so much for being here. It's time to jump into How We Become Trigger-Proof with Dr. Nima Ramani. Welcome back to another episode on the Dance of Life, everybody. Super excited to have you here. I am joined by teacher, speaker, and creator of the Overview Experience, Dr. Nima Ramani. What's up, my friend? How are you? Welcome to the show. Nice to have me here. I mean, nice to be here, <laughs> Tudor. It's I'm it's jealous, great. man. I mean, people can't see us because we're not doing video, but you got an awesome view over there in Vancouver. I'm super yeah. jealous. <laughs> well, something. the benefits of being in quarantine is that... Uh, you're, you're in lockdown, but you can look around and you see beauty and nature everywhere in Vancouver. So, you know, Bless. I, I think it's, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of like joke posts, like introverts now is our time to shine. You know, I'm, I'm actually an introvert and I'm, I'm having a time of my life because I get to spend all this time reflecting and being on my own. But I think it's driving a lot of people crazy. I don't think a lot of people are used to 
being alone well, with themselves, you know? What's, ha- what's happening right now is the, the feelings and the uh, unresolved things in our, in our minds uh, that we usually are distracted from because mm. of do, 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 work, 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 uh, our relationship incongruencies, all of that stuff is now coming to the forefront. It's literally bubbling to the surface in our faces. And, you know, there's a, a spike in requests for divorce, uh, in, in relationship breakdowns, uh, health challenges starting to show up. Mm. Everything that we've been ignoring in deep in our minds, uh, in our lives, everything that we've we've avoided in our healing work is now coming to the surface as an opportunity for us to actually go in and uh, heal it or keep distracting. It's either uh, it's either face it or suffer even more. <laughs> That's really where we're at. You know, we're living in such a momentum driven life and it's funny because it's like i mean whoever you are you're affected by whatever's going on right now and it's like it makes you realize how much of an assumptive life we're constantly living in that next moment like you said you know we're all these misalignments that have accrued over whatever the last how many years right of trauma and unresolved issues we just keep burying them under the rug and it's Mm -hmm. like wow suddenly there's all these problems but they've been there all along they've been there all along and uh the the truth continues to reveal itself, even though we, we, we are experts at hiding from truth, from mm-hmm. our truth. We hide from our, we lie to ourselves, we lie to each other. And it's moments like these that cause the great deal of suffering because the truth can't be hidden very, very much longer. And, and in my 18 years working in, in kind of like the health, health field, I've just discovered, I discovered a long time ago, which made me kind of want to leave my full-time chiropractic practice and go, is that if you are living an incongruent or you're fractured or you have some sort of a contradiction happening within your psyche, there's a shame, there's a incongruency, there's an inauthenticity, there's a lie that you're holding onto, um, your body will do, you, the universe, your body will do everything, your soul will, will, will try to put you in situations so that the truth can come out, even though it's painful, our egos are going to want to suppress it and hide it and block it, but you can't for very long. It, it, it can't be hidden. The truth must be uh, exposed. And um, this is what we're finding happening with people. And it's making, making people extremely uncomfortable. I really like that, man. I mean, it's God, I can so relate to that because it's one thing I've learned in my own journey. And I'm sure you can also attest to this is it's like, you know, when you, when you're on that path and especially the more aware you become, it seems to just go faster and faster. And it's like, it's life is literally leeching out of you. These, these things that need to be worked on. And every time we were talking a little bit off air about different things like the emotion code and, and just whatever, when you're, when you're doing the work, right, whatever it is, when you're doing the work, it's, it's like life is bringing those situations to you and eliciting a response so that whatever needs to get worked on can come to the forefront. You know, like when you have an outburst, when you have a, you know, whatever, some shame or guilt or something like that, it's just life presenting you with an opportunity saying, Hey, you know, you haven't worked on this. That little misalignment is rubbing up against the, the flow of life. You know, it's, mm. it's, if you're, I guess if you're attentive, then you can utilize it. But most of the time 
we just keep running up against that same problem without totally making, making a difference. So what yeah. makes, what makes the difference? I mean, you have an interesting quote that you discuss, which is something I also agree with, which is the ignorance is the root of all suffering. Mm-hmm. It's an old school thought from. Yeah. It's from a Buddhism. Tibetan Buddhist Buddhist tradition. Yeah. Uh, ignorance is the root cause of all suffering is that we go from most of the, most of our lives. We are unconscious. We we are driven by unconscious complexes. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when we're very young, growing up, we, when we're very young, we don't have a conscious mind. Everything from conception to age eight is all unconscious. So everything that we're learning, everything that we're experiencing is literally downloaded from our early you know, primary caregiver experiences. And from there, we have feelings and traumas that come up and it not necessarily does it have to be a physical abuse or sexual sexual abuse to not have your reality validated to all of a sudden be shouted at for spilling the milk all of a sudden just creates this 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 wave of feelings that come up that we have no idea what to do with and if parents who haven't really been taught on what emotions are how to process them how to self-soothe when they come up in the child, not only is the parent having to confront the emotions of the child, but the parent is having to confront their own emotions about the emotions, uh, emotional, uh, you know, upheaval of the child. Yeah. And they will un- unconsciously react to them, creating a traumatic effect on the child, which then carries with them as a belief in the conscious the meaning that we make, which is I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of love. And we literally are driven by these unconscious complexes throughout our lives. They drive our choice of relationship. They start to mirror these patterns that we went through in childhood. We start acting them out in our twenties and thirties. And by the time we hit middle age, we usually by then we've had a, a, a major crash, a major awakening to the fact that we we aren't we think that we've had control over our lives but it's the awakening that we actually haven't been in control it's these unconscious complexes that are deep in our nervous system that are driving the bus of our lives choosing our relationships uh, dictating how we show up uh, it, how we are resilient to stress, that's really what's in, in the driver's seat. And it's a very, very, you know, if, if you've done the work, you realize, wow, I haven't really been the one in charge. The first step is to realize that I haven't been in control. It's been this unconscious complex. Whether I've been doing everything to please mommy and daddy and be good and do the right thing, just as I was taught, or I'm doing everything against what mommy and daddy said because they piss me off and I want to go exact and rebel everything opposite to what they said. Some duality, basically. Exactly. Either one of those two responses, you're still entangled with that old complex. Mm-hmm. So you're really not in control. It's got power and control over you. And part of the suffering is the ignorance of that. Ignorance of this is the root cause of our suffering until we awaken and we go, oh, geez, okay, 
who has authority over my life? Because up until now, it's been those things. Mm. Who am I really? Who am I without those stories? Who am I without my victim story against my parents, my past, my abuser, my this, my that? Who, who am I? And you start realizing that, you know, you haven't been connected to your real self all along. Mm-hmm. It's this um, created, concocted self so that you could survive in these different uh, environments and and our work becomes this is the journey through the dark night of the soul to become consciously aware of that and then from that point hopefully if we get the lesson if not it gets repeated but if we get the lesson we can then say i'm the one in charge i'm going to connect to who i am i'm going to find out who that is i'm going to heal that relationship with that younger self and now choose to live with wisdom in the second half of my life. And this is what I've observed with people of all different types of, uh, you know, uh, all different walks of life. This is the journey. And so ignorance is the root cause of the suffering of all of that. And when you can have a sense of understanding, then you learn how to transform that suffering into uh, uh, living an aligned, purposeful life where you know who you are, you are connected with the gifts that you have, you have relationships that are secure, attached relationships, you're able to speak your voice and set your boundaries, you're able to go from codependency and neediness to, oh, um, you know, mutuality, where you're able to use a relationship as a space to heal and evolve and grow together. And that's really what the whole journey is all about. And I love that whole process of healing, that whole process of guiding people there. And that's now my purpose. That's beautiful, man. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, they say that your wounds are your greatest gifts. And I think that's really empowering because I think the moment you can accept and see, you know, a lot, like one thing I, I had a recent situation, actually, it was really kind of funny. We talk about nervous system and it was, I'll give you some context. Like I, I, you know, I was working on, okay, let me reprogram myself because there's certain things that I've grown up with that are, you know, just part of who I am. Like I notice I'm a zero to a hundred type of guy. Like if I need to do something, I'll do it, push, push, push. And, you know, like you said, those things are things that we create to make us successful. Right. So if you're a type A person like, oh, okay, I, I, I'm a hard worker. That's a, a trait that I have that's made me successful. But, you know, that can also lead to burnout too. And totally, I had this situation where I was in a parking lot and the car was coming, just driving by a little bit. And, and I, I, was, I was at the perfect distance from it to think like, okay, do I wait for the car or do I just run in front and go to my car? And it was in that moment, like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go and <laughs> run across the street and go to my car. And I'm like, wow. Like, even when I'm faced with stress, my nervous system still wants to, like, push. Like, that's the, that's the immediate reaction. And so I had this whole moment of, like, you know, oh, my God, I need to change this. Like, you know, I'm kind of wronging myself about it. And probably a few weeks later of obviously still kind of doing, doing some work with all the things that I'm, I'm doing, I had another similar situation and it led to like a profound experience. I was on my bike and it was raining and I come up to a part in the route where like the street was kind of submerged with a little water. It was, it was just enough water where like, you know what, should I, should I cross here? or Can I like make it, you know? And I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Let me do this. You know, let me go through the water. And, and then that moment I was like, you know what, I don't hate myself for being a, a, a pusher or whatever like that. 
you know, I'm always up for a challenge. So I saw the positive side of something that I had kind of almost demonized, you know, in my quest to be, you know, better and so on and so forth. So long story short, one thing I think that's super important is the role of self-acceptance in, in that whole process, right? Cause it's a constantly unfolding process. It never ends. Like there's no end to the unfolding of the onion. And I think well, that, that is the Holy grail tutor. It's, it's about um, self-acceptance is it, it, it goes beyond that. You, you, when you all of a sudden have something and you go, 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 do, 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 it's actually coming from a place of trauma. Mm-hmm. What happens is you dissociate from yourself. There's a child inside of you that feels like he's not enough unless he achieves. Yeah. He has these, you know, in other words, I have to prove my value and if I don't, then I, who I am as a, uh, who I'm, who I am as a being is not worthy of love. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I saw, you know, last, last uh, week we did a sonogram and my, my fiance is pregnant. Oh, and wow. I, I heard my baby's heartbeat for the first time. She was wow. in the, she was in the um, a midwife uh, appointment. She had me on FaceTime and I was watching and I heard it and I immediately, if you know, if you're a parent listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I just completely burst into tears. Wow. It was like, Oh my God, like immediately this, this, this feeling of like all the love in the universe just got downloaded into my heart for this child. And wow, I didn't even, I've never even met this kid. Right. And it was like, wow, in that moment, that child is a perfect manifestation of universal intelligence and is mm-hmm. fully worthy of of uh, of any love like like any anyone else just yeah. just like all of us right and i was that kid at one point you were that kid at some point listening as you're listening you were that child at some point who all of a sudden had a heartbeat and in that moment to the parent's heart was infinitely worthy of all the love in the world. Wow. So the, que- the real question is, uh, w- just for, and here's the best part, just for your beingness, not because you did anything. Yeah, that, kid hasn't paid, that kid hasn't paid my rent yet. Hmm. Okay. But why is it, he hasn't done anything for me. Why is it that it is so worthy of, of all the love of the universe? And it's like, I started thinking, I'm like, wow, isn't it amazing like at some point throughout our lives, we dis- dissociate from that worthiness mm. and it's the trauma that dissociates. And, and then we have a me because of that trauma, we make a meaning that I must get the best grade. I must do good. I must be you know, the top. A certain way. Yeah. I must <laughs> have the certain things so that my parents can say, good little boy, you're worthy. Or the church can say, you're good. Don't be bad. Mm-hmm. And that's when we fracture from that. And the journey of healing is all about returning back there. And it's an awareness and it's a practice. In other words, every time you get triggered, you dissociate and go back into that. So when you're like, go, 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 go. 
it's wise for you to wake up from that moment. What you would do is awaken and go, look at me going. And then return back to the reality that even if I don't get this perfect, I'm still worthy of love. Yeah. That's the work. Story of my life, man. <laughs> you went, like, you're not the only one. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, how many people are go, 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 and they're setting a goal, and I've got to make this much a month, and then they get it, and then, all right, now i got to make more. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I, one big realization I had, I mean, obviously, it's, it's an ongoing thing, but one thing that really clicked with me was at the end of the day, there's, it's an infinite, like, there's always another level, right? So, ultimately, the, diff, the distance between where you are right now and, let's say, your quote-unquote best possible perfect future, it's infinite. So, if that's the distance, it doesn't matter what you do today. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're still going to be infinitely far away from fulfilling being perfect. So, you're never going to, and not in a negative way, but just, like, to kind of, like, okay, ease up on, on trying to make that next like do we really need we live in such an achievement culture you know where it's like we see only certain things as achievements whereas let's say you know like a big achievement for me given what we just talked about was scheduling my lunch breaks i can't tell you the the like how many years especially if you run like an appointment-based business where you just neglect your body nervous system right uh, in lieu of, okay, let me just say yes. Let me just say yes to this and let's push it. Let, let's do it. Like, okay, fuck it. I'll eat in 15 minutes, you know? And that really catches up with you eventually. Like you said, by the time you're in mid-age, I'm 35, I'll be 36 this year. I'm healthy, but you know, your body goes through some certain signals like, hey, you better like stop doing this because otherwise, you know. Mm. And it took me a while to just schedule, like I, it's sacred now, like an hour and I eat mindfully and I'm trying to like be really slow about it. That's like a really sacred time. You just, you just basically nailed where chronic pain and chronic illness comes from. It's a chronic self-abandonment in service of approval, in yeah. service of achievement, in service of something external. And usually the clients that I see with this going on for prolonged periods of time is their their bodies start to scream yeah. as a as a wake up call hey back get back into me because there's such a d d dissociation or detachment from that mm. right and so it becomes the practice of returning back to self and we now live in a society of people chronically dissociated from that. And so the work that I do is just consistently bringing people back to the reality of what, what's actually true. What are some of the problems that you see, right? You've seen, like, what are the, some of the trends in terms of the relationship between, I mean, obviously stress is mm -hmm. number one killer. It has well, so many consequences. But. Here's the thing. It shows up in about a million symptoms yeah. that, that we ignore. Okay. Symptoms like um, constantly uh, needing approval, um, caring a lot about what people think, um, digestive, which, you know, goes into digestive symptoms. It goes into headaches, jaw pain, chronic tension throughout anxiety is the biggest hallmark of it. It's this basically, essentially, if I can just go upstream to the root causes, I don't feel safe in the world. The world mm. is not safe and I'm going to die. Okay, this is what happens. And we live like that throughout our lives. But the one time that we wake up is three major things that happen. Number one is a health crisis. 
mm-hmm. a health crisis shows up and then they end up reaching out and saying, okay, I'm having chronic pain, uh, having chronic anxiety. My digestion is shot. Um, I, I'm getting irritable bowel. These are the symptoms that I've been trying to help sort out with doctors, you know, medical science and stuff like that. And it's just not working. And I know that there's something deeper. That's the, that's number one. Number two, it manifests in relationship crisis. So you think you're going on your merry way. And what the the role of the relationship is, is to awaken you to those parts of you that you haven't yet healed from. They're going to bring that out in you. And without the proper tools and the proper awareness and the proper, uh, ability to dance through conflict and take your triggers and turn it into deeper self-love and take conflict and turn it into deeper intimacy without these basic fundamental skills that we never learn in school, the relationship goes collapse, kaput. We then start to project all of our past wounding from mom and dad and say, you know, this person's doing this and I'm feeling abandoned from this person. I don't feel heard from this person. Just like it was like when I was, you know, with mom and dad, not knowing that this is a perfect, you know, uh, it, 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 there's a perfect, perfectly orchestrated dynamic going on to help guide you back to yourself. These are the major chief complaints that people will come to me for. My relationship is not fulfilling. We're disconnected. We're ready for divorce. You know, it's, it, it's not working. I'm ready to, to call it quits. Then the second is health, health problems. And usually it's a combination of both. Yeah. Usually people will see a combination. I'm like, oh, I've been getting um, irritable bowel. How long have you been dealing with that for? For the last three years. Oh, what happened three years ago? Oh, I went through a divorce. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, these are not separate things. Yeah. <laughs> so what I do is I just help people. We go upstream and then we reconnect the relationship with you and then make sense of every chapter of your life so that you can understand why it was a perfect union for you to get together with this person to have this little entangled dance to help you grow if you choose to accept that mission. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's so true because like every relationship I've had, I mean, number one, when you realize that the relationships that you attract are your parents, it's just like, Oh my God, that's a real mind fuck. I mean, literally I look back at yeah. every woman that I've dated. I'm like, you're just like my mother. Like what yeah. the hell is go-? like, it's really messed up. Yeah. But then you realize, okay, like obviously I have, I had a unique situation because I've had to live with my parents for mm-hmm. certain reasons. And as an adult, I think a lot of, Today, we don't have that. You know, people are super independent, especially in the States. You know, back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, in my parents' generation, everybody lived with their parents. And it was like this kind of almost rite of passage almost. And it's been a real educating experience, man. I'll tell you, I've, I've had to really work on a lot of acceptance and digging down deep into all these triggers that we talk about with with your parents, like, Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much there. There's yeah, so much yeah. there. It's like, totally. Crazy. Well, you, you have an interaction, let's say, with your mother. And let's say your mother and father don't have a really great relationship. And what will happen oftentimes is the – this is a very common thing. Uh, the Let's say I'm, I'm, I don't know you, so I'm just using you as an example. All of a sudden, your mother and father aren't getting along or there's a fracture or something. Maybe there's a, a death in the family. Maybe one of them passes away. I see this a lot with, with my clients. 
father died when you know he was seven all of a sudden you had to become the man of the house mm -hmm. or there's a daddy's little princess and it's almost like the child then has to look after the emotional needs of the parent because the parent becomes unhinged. The parent doesn't know what to do with their reactivity. They don't know how to self-soothe. And in that space, the child then becomes responsible emotionally for, the, for, for looking after the parent, right? Mm -hmm. What'll end up happening is the child then ends up feeling not seen, not heard. Okay, and this experience of wanting to be of service, wanting to help, wanting to be there and, and, and to fix and to solve if there was a, a problem at home, wanting to be there, wanting to fix, wanting to solve, but at the same time having this deep resentment for that because deep down the child also wants to be seen and heard. Now, what ends up happening is the child will then grow up and because that dynamic is so familiar, you'll st start to get pulled towards what's familiar. So you start to meet women who start having the same energetic wounding as your mother did <laughs> and all of a sudden be like, oh, this is familiar. I can fix her and rescue her because I have been doing it all my freaking life. And then what will happen is you get into that relationship and the dynamics, you know, that there's a deep trauma bond going on. There's a oh, bond. Yeah. It's not a real relationship. It's like, boom, like you're just like, usually those are the ones with the greatest, um, like chemistry, yeah. Like deep passion, boom. Right. Just, just let just know that these are your like this is your red flag. This is a yeah. trauma bond, okay? <laughs> yeah. And you're about to get sucked into an energy dynamic that's so familiar. That's why you're so like attracted. You're like pulled because this charge is still there. It's deep. It's from trauma. Mm -hmm. And so you get pulled into that and then you have what's called a toxic relationship because deep down you still want to be seen and heard, but then you're playing a role. You're, mm -hmm. you're taking on that role that you've always played. And a role is not a real relationship. A role is not who you really are. A role mm -hmm. is a mask that you're putting on so that you can be important. And this is all happening unconsciously. And so your nerve and the, the triggers within that are information that I can gather from you that tells me exactly where your wounding is. And if you're interested in actually changing the dynamic and having a healthy, secure attachment, then you, we now know exactly what to do is to go and reprogram and reparent and change the story, not just cognitively, but in the body so that that little eight-year-old inside of you can then start feeling safe. Like even this morning, I'm having this experience of my triggers right now. It, during the coronavirus, a lot of people are unhinged and a mm. lot of them are coming to me now former clients and a lot of them are women and they're just in an unhinged place and they're just coming at me and I need help. I need help. Please help me. And, and there's so many people, but my time is very limited and I have to guard it, you know, sacredly. So I have to really focus on the people that are able to do fair exchange and be able to invest in my services. Right. Yeah. And, and people are, and that, triggers a lot of people when they find out that they can't receive my help because if it's they're not able to uh, afford it at that moment and they get completely triggered and I notice over the last couple of days I've been getting really deeply pissed off and going why are these and it's the same thing it's feminine energy coming at me even a friend of mine 
even a male friend of mine is taking on that exact same feminine energy, that needy, that why aren't you, you know, showing up type of thing and just totally coming at me from that. And it's just like, I, I found myself this morning in this space of like extreme, like, ugh. Where's this coming from? So I was able to then go back and this is why I called this is why I created the overview method. I was able to go back and realize this is my eight year old self who's feeling um, like I'm responsible for taking care of my mother who is not receiving my help. I'm trying to help and sort out my mother who's not listening and this war with that little eight-year-old. And so my work this morning, just before we were talking, was to go back and really reconnect on an energetic, physical, body-based level with that eight-year-old and tell them, dude, it's not your responsibility. Wow. And, and so for me to then have that conversation with him – and bring him back into my reality now and use that same wisdom that I gave him to help me in my challenge in today so that I can now take whatever I'm faced with as a trigger and, and, and a, a connect to my inner guidance to help me through it. And that's really what this, this work is all about now. That's fascinating, man. I mean, it's, it's crazy how we get triggered and it's like, you know, I've gotten to the point now where at least I know that if I'm having an unreasonable like expectation. Yeah. Like something where, you know, okay, there's a charge here where my reaction to the situation is not proportional to the Correct. situation. That's a good indicator. That's an indicator. Like there's something, you know, like I remember there's I something I was, deeper. I had my, I was, had this gig one time and I, you know, I got paid cash for it and I, I left the cash envelope in the, in the seat of my car Nice. and I was, yeah, really smart. And I went to, I was in a part of town I was never really usually in and I was really hungry and I was like, man, I, I need some Mexican food. I'm just craving this. And I go there and I leave the car open. I mean, just literally we're talking about the universe leeching these experiences out of you. There's couldn't have been a more perfect storm for me to like flip out. And I left the money there. I left my car open. I was so like wanting food that I totally forgot to lock my car. I come back, yep. the money's stolen. And I had this react and dude, I mean, at the time I was like, I have plenty of money. Like there's no, like, you're not going to starve. Yeah. Like I have that. plenty of money, and, but I had such a reaction. I was like, dude, ah. yeah, I was so pissed. And I realized that it was like, I sat there and I thought about it. And I did all these things that I know how to do already. And like, I realized I had this unresolved and it's funny because it like it comes to you like this memory that I never mm -hmm. even thought of just literally comes to me of like literally being I think it was like eight or nine or ten or something and I had my backpack stolen at, at the bus station got it because I left I was just being you same know, I, thing I left it at the bus station I went into the video game store because I was curious and I came back and I was just and I felt so stupid because I was like bam I'm gonna come home my parents are gonna think I'm really stupid totally and like, I realized, wow, anytime I feel stupid, yep. like there's just, just, just immediate like, boom, I'm boom. stupid. I'm stupid. See, <laughs> you just, you just nailed it. A lot of my clients, um, you know, when we first begin, they're like, I have a problem. I don't have memories of childhood. They say this a lot. And what that is, is dissociation. Hmm. Um, first of all, you, we don't have memories that are stored like a, you know, like a file drawer. It's not like that. They're stored implicitly in our body and they get activated through emotions. Wow. So, so you don't have, you didn't have a memory of that, but the second you were triggered by somebody stealing the, um, 
envelope from your car, immediately your eight-year-old self took the driver's seat of your life. Oh, and it was so vivid too. It's like, man, where did, this, where did this come from? It's That's called crazy. implicit memories. Wow. Memories are implicit. They're implicit in our nervous system. They are activated through emotion. They're not activated through cognition. They're in the body. So that's why doing cognitive work without getting into the body is maybe 20% effective. You're leaving the 80% out. Mm, (laughs) And I was doing 20% work for the first half of my life until I learned how to do the somatic-based approach to healing trauma. But getting into the body, getting into breath work, um, you know, like there's a lot of work to to bring that level of safety. This this is all our our work on this planet is to return us back to safety in our bodies that was taken from us, not because our parents were bad, but because of intergenerational trauma that's gotten passed down from generation to generation. Like right now, what everybody's experiencing is 9-11 all over again, is the Mm -hmm. Great Depression all over again. Do you know what I mean? The collective collective trauma. The collective trauma is all being experienced and we're all walking around with it. It's not really about coronavirus. It's actually about World War One. It's World War Two. It's 9-11. It's the Great Depression. It's all of that combined that we're experiencing. And it's time for us as a collective to really focus on going in and healing. How do you how do you use or how do you integrate the body and I guess the nervous system into the growth experience? I mean, I guess like there's a lot of new things out there now that uh, you know, like the old school was cognitive behavioral therapy and Correct. a lot of stuff. Like you said, it wasn't yeah. super effective because it's just like cognitive. You know, yeah. actually getting into the emotion. This is the stuff. hand model of the brain. It's like if you just take your thumb and you uh, fold your thumb across your palm and then put your hand, like your fingers over your thumb, this is Dan Siegel's hand model of the brain. And so the fingers represent your uh, neocortex, the cognitive conscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, the part in the middle with the thumb and everything below the wrist is your unconscious mind. It is your uh, brainstem. It's the primitive centers, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy only deals with the, the, the top part, the finger language, part, yeah. the language, the cognition, right? The problem is when we get triggered, all of this goes offline. Yeah. We can't think straight. We can't talk straight. Things are spinning, right? We lose consciousness. So to do cognitive behavioral, when you yourself are in a state of background alarm that you've been holding on to for so long Mm. is pretty useless. (laughs) It's not useless. It's okay. Well, that makes sense. I totally get it now. Good. Now I've just had my cognitive behavioral session and it makes it now makes sense. Okay, what happens tomorrow when my dad raises his voice a little bit and you know says my name in a in a in a yelling voice? Yeah. What happens? There is no cognitive. That goes offline. I go back to that little 5-year-old who is being punished by an angry father. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's no, there's no cognition in that moment. So these things are automatic. How do you, the work becomes to train yourself to become trigger proof. 
to be able to be the observer to your triggers, to be able to learn how to expand the space between stimulus and response. Mm. And there is a whole neuroscience of expanding that space between stimulus and response and how to respond rather than react. You want to be response-able. Trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means being response-able able to respond rather than be reactive and perpetuate the cycles of trauma is to be able to take responsibility for the trigger rather than blaming you for it for me to go back and go what's this coming up with me which is what I just gave which I gave you the example this morning I was extremely triggered over this time this coronavirus time my inbox is flooded with people with women predominantly most of my clientele 80% are women so literally, I am, I am being berated by my mother, who I'm trying to help, who's not receiving my help right now. That's my experience happening. The first step is for me to become aware, okay, that's what's happening. So this, these feelings inside that I want to just freaking curse all these people right now, it's actually not coming from these people. They're just an effigy of what what is really going on and my work becomes to reconnect with that eight-year-old through meditation through journaling through um, you know getting coaching and helping me with my blind spots and reconnecting with that part of me because once I do then there's nothing to fix out there yeah I then show up fully resourced and now I'm able to help these people because now resource the message that I got was you're not responsible for these people don't get emotionally enmeshed with them mm. so what I did was I'm like ah I'd love to see you love to see you at our my next event here's a link for it mm. and if they react oh it should be free it's too expensive I completely understand I, I understand I have free content in my, uh, in my uh, Facebook group, you're free to, I mean, I, every single day I give you free content. If you want my time and my services, this is what it is. And I completely understand if that's going to be a problem. So in other words, I'm now able, once I fully resource myself, I'm able to now set boundaries, mm-hmm. which when we don't do this, we, we lose our boundaries. Right, because of worrying about what other people think, because we we're not trigger proof to guilt. So, learning how to dance with guilt, <laughs> learning how to dance with being misunderstood, learning how like those uncomfortable feelings. Ooh, I'm a bad person. Ooh, I'm being misunderstood by these women. Ooh, gosh, I'm such a bad person for saying no. Oh, that. <laughs> That's what stops us from setting boundaries in codependency anyway. The work is a moment-to-moment acknowledgement of that pain and being willing to uh, soothe myself through it. Man, I got so many golden nuggets, man, especially (laughs) putting the space between. I love how you put that, how you said you got to expand the space between the stimulus and response. I can't take credit for that. That was Viktor Frankl. He said, Viktor Frankl wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. He said, it's on my list to read. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) There's a space between stimulus there in between stimulus and response. There's a space. Wow. And in that space, look it up right now, Tudor, uh, space between stimulus and response, Viktor Frankl. There's a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, 
lies our power to choose. And in that choice lies our freedom. Wow. Okay. Most of us have not learned the mastery of expanding that space. To expand it like this takes a crap load of neuroscience to understand. And because I was so horrible at handling my act, my nervous system activations, which are triggers, triggers are basically little mini panic attacks in yeah. those moments. Okay. A panic attack is a trigger that's been expanded longer. Mm-hmm. Because of my inability to handle that, um, I got into toxic codependent relationships. I would have affairs. I would have all, every single destruction of my life and business came because I was not able to expand that space between stimulus and response. Like, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, empires are collapsed because of that. Wow. <laughs> Your empire gets collapsed because of our inability to regulate our emotions. Emotional regulation is the new skill to learn if you really want to be the designer of your life. That's fascinating, man. That's, that is profound. I didn't even, I mean, it's, it's just having that awareness that, that that could be a space between when something happens and how you react to it. That's profound. I mean, that's so there powerful. There could be, but there nobody teaches be. you. Right. Nobody teaches sure. you how. I mean, is it something that you have to predominantly work on indirectly in the sense like, okay, I'm meditating, I'm being more that's mindful one. in life. That's one that's way to two. do it. Yeah. Cold showers. It's another way. There's so many that I have a program that teaches that. This is basically a three month, six month, one year. It's a lifelong practice tutor. Yeah. This is the most important practice you can do. And if we don't, this is how trauma gets intergenerationally passed down. You angry, angry because your child spilled the milk. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden, uh, I, I was on an interview in a podcast and this guy, I was, I was talking about that and he's like, wait, I did that with my daughter. Like I got angry because she spilled the milk. Oh my gosh. Like what, the, what do I do? I said, all right, do, do you want me to help you with that? Okay, great. Close your eyes. Your daughter doesn't exist right now. Your daughter didn't exist in that moment. She's three years old, accidentally spills the milk. You freak out on her, right? Okay, good. Let's go to that same scene, but your daughter doesn't exist what came up for you? And so he sat there. He's a very intelligent guy. So he was like, I guess a lot of judgment. I said, yes. What was the judgment that you made about you in that moment? I'm like, that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm like, interesting. Wow. And then I asked him, I said, where did that come from? And he goes, from my father. And I'm like, hmm, see how you're just passing that down to your three-year-old inadvertently? And he was just like, pause. And he just kind of like got teary eyed. And he's like, oh my God, this is huge. I said, I hope you get what I'm saying. This is the most important conversation in, this, in 2020 right now. This is the only thing that's going to save us. If we are, are willing to step up and be the one to be the change, be the one to start, stop playing victim to everybody else. And just like I was playing victim to all of these women who were expecting from me and I was playing victim to them. And I wanted to react back with my victimhood because my nervous system was fried and, and overloaded. And I just 
took a pause and went in and I created a methodology that gets you back in uh, to that younger self and resource the self and then you come back and you're like, ah, there's an understanding. Doesn't mean I don't get triggered. I get triggered every day. Yeah. The difference is I'm working at the practice of becoming more and more response able. I'm better now than I was three months ago. I'm, you know, I'll be better in six months than I am now. So it's a lifelong practice. Yeah, you don't stay there. I mean, I think that's the thing to get is a lot of times people think, well, are you going to be immune to like stress? It's not possible, nope. you know, but you just don't stay there for. No, you know, well, the thing is your, your life is a dynamic process. You, it's not that you don't stay there. You increase, here's the goal. You want to increase your capacity. Mm. You want to increase your capacity. So right now, me and my partner, we are about to have a baby in October. Now, when we have that kid, is it, are things going to get less stressful for me? <laughs> no, <Definitely> they won't. Not. <laughs> the goal, they won't. The goal is for me to in, expand my capacity. Let's say I hire new people on my team. There's going to be more yeah. personalities to manage, yeah. more shadows, more dark passengers to dance with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it going to get easier? Is it going to get less stressful? Nope. The, the goal is for me to expand my capacity. And the greater my capacity and resilience mm -hmm. to stress, the greater my enjoyment and presence in life. Rather than being driven by unconscious motives, I'm actually the conscious creator. Wow. What was, out of everything you've done, I mean, how did you come to these just, just from your own practice? Incre incredible amount of pain from my wake-up calls, hmm. uh, from divorce when I was yeah, back a yeah, little over 10 years, just around 10 years ago. Um, I was divorced, uh, went from one relationship pattern after another with the same pattern. Hmm. How many relationships did it take for you to, codependency. to, to realize like, wow, I'm in the same relationship uh, my, here? my gosh, uh, one is like about seven. And then the last one, which it just kept getting worse and worse. And the last one, which became like, both of us became like completely unconscious and it would become highly volatile. Oh yeah. To the point where things would get physical oh, and it yeah. was like, wait a second, hold on. What just happened? And it was that wake up call for me to go, ah, I was all here. I was in the, my, my mind and I wasn't actually understanding how to regulate and control when I got activated and triggered. Mm -hmm. And I was just going into unconscious victimhood. So was she. And so that was a, a big wake up call two years ago that led me deep into this embodiment work, into breath work. And now I'm proud to say in the last, um, you know, since this COVID pandemic has shown up, uh, instead of kind of withering away into my fears, I've now been more um, uh, inspired than ever because now, you know, I discover, number one, I'm about to have a, you know, with my amazing partner, we're about to have a baby in October. And then two weeks later, the COVID pandemic hits. And I know that my baby is growing in an environment where all of the stress of mom is being mm -hmm. downloaded as we speak. Wow. Yeah. So, so this has become very, very important for me. Now it's very relevant for me to share this information. She's on all of my trainings. 
She's in all of my workshops online because I want her to be as regulated as possible, not just for my relationship with her so that we can have a secure attached relationship, but to actually um, make sure that our child doesn't carry forward all of those wounds. I mean, when I was young, we moved from Iran. Like there's a revolution going on in Iran when we were two. There were bombs happening in the streets, you know, and my dad had to kind of grab us and go underneath the the bed, you know, that that gets stored in the body, right? And so it's been the last couple of years of doing a lot of breath work, uh, which I now do, uh, you know, in my community, we do breath work and um, it's, uh, it's been a beautiful journey now you see the fruits of your labor during crisis situations. Mm. Everybody is unhinged. Everybody is panicking. Everybody is. And I'm just like the people and my clients, my team, we're all like, oh, man, we got this. Yeah. This is easy. We know exactly what to do here. Well, you can only test. I mean, that's that's a good point, though, because ultimately, you know, we shy away from pain and from suffering. But really, it's like that's the only way that you'll know you've improved this is the universe reminding you like hey like you've dealt with this before but look how you're dealing with it now much better much easier much faster and i think if we can accept that and and love that process it makes it a lot easier than resisting it that's it my friend crazy man one more question for you before you take off what are you most grateful for well there's so many things i'm most grateful for being able to be living proof of this work working. I never thought that I could get into a relationship that felt like a secure attachment. I was constantly in these codependent narcissistic drama cycles, hoping that I would find the one. And I realized that you become, when you become the one, all of a sudden, the people around you, the quality of friendships around you start to strengthen. And so uh, I'm grateful for this work. Man, oh man, so many golden nuggets in this conversation. Absolutely loved it. You know, if you enjoyed this episode, guys, make sure you subscribe, you share it with your friends. Go check out Dr. Nima, drnima.com, and sign up for that free workshop. You know, it's it's a $97 value normally if you have to pay for it. That's one of his signature programs, the How to Become Trigger Proof. Just go to drnima.com slash VW1 and use the promo code TRIGGERPROOF. I'm going to put all this information, as well as how to follow Dr. Nima, on the blog post for this episode, danceoflife.com slash podcast, and this is episode 205. But you know, I hope that this episode empowered you. I hope it gave you one actionable thing, at least, to take into your life. I mean, for me personally, I've been in this kind of work myself for years, and I got so much out of that conversation. I mean, I absolutely love the idea about creating space between the stimulus and the response so you can become more response-able, your ability to respond. I mean, so many good things. But look, if it gave you one thing today that you can take forward and, and practice or do more research on or get inspired and move forward in some way in your life, that's a win. You know, So I hope that this episode inspired you. 
and helped you really move forward in what you're experiencing right now and whatever that is. And life is always giving us these situations, whatever they may be, whether they're people, they're the situations that are happening as an opportunity to grow and get stronger. Remember our quote, which emphasizes this. This is a beautiful quote for today's episode by John F. Demartini, author of The Heart of Love. The purpose of relationships is to help awaken you to the inherent balance existing within and around you and to assist you in acknowledging your own magnificence and wholeness. Every challenge you experience, guys, I'll say it again, the universe is wanting to help you grow, to get better. So use this time right now in your life from learning from this episode, if you're having to spend a little more time on your own lately, whatever the situation may be, to create the space, create the space between what happens and how you respond to it. Become the observer, and the more you can observe, the more power you're going to have, and of course, the more freedom. That's what it's all about, is having freedom to become trigger-proof. Is not about, like Dr. Nima said, not about being immune to being triggered, but about being free from being sucked down by every little trigger that happens every day. Your ability to be resilient and expand what you can tolerate, as well as be the observer, is going to give you the freedom in life to do whatever you want and to create the life that you want with the people that you want. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Tune in on Tuesday for a little two-minute transformation. I'm going to share uh, three health books that have changed my life and I hope will change yours, at least one of them. They're pretty amazing books. I'm going to share those on Tuesday. And on Friday, I'm interviewing Brock Armstrong. He's a coach. He's a fitness expert. He's an author. And we're going to be talking mindful fitness. We're going to be talking the habits, the mindset, how you approach your fitness, making fitness fun, and, and how to relate to your practice of fitness and losing weight and managing your weight, whatever happens to be, whatever it is for you, how do I relate to all that with a healthy mindset? Super exciting stuff. We'll see you then. Until then, remember your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.